We're talking about on the way to the cross, and we've gone through a lot of the stories from the time that uh, Lazarus, Lazarus was raised when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes decided it's time this guy was killed. And they started looking for a way to kill him. So we followed Jesus all the way through, and now he's in Jerusalem. And as a matter of fact, today, this evening, we're talking about while he was actually in the temple. And he's actually sitting there watching the uh, people put money in the treasury. So then he took, looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he, also, he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in much more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of our poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Can I get somebody to turn the one on in the back, please? It's important for us to realize that Jesus actually complimented this woman because she put in everything she had. And he wanted to make sure that his disciples knew that. It's really good for us to think about the situation here. He's watching these guys drop, I can imagine, well, let's see, I think I've got a picture. There's a picture of the widow, somebody like the widow, putting in two mites, two very, very small coins, about like two pennies. Actually, we'll read in a minute that it was a quadrants was the equivalent of it and all these other people putting in money and they're they're rich and they're putting in I can just imagine bags full of gold and here she puts in these two mites in uh, Mark the 12th chapter the, it talks about it like this then he said to them in his teaching beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the best places at feast, who devour widows' houses and for pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrans. So he calls the disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given in the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Jesus has just been telling people to be aware, to beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. And he's sitting there and he's watching them put in all of this money. And then he sees this poor widow put in just two mites. A mite. That's a mite right there. Picture of both sides of it. 
Yancey got a copy of my sermon. He said, and he, he found in, in, in the internet somewhere that if those two mites had been put into First National Bank of Jerusalem, it's just a side, an interesting aside. If those two mites were put into the uh, First National Bank of Jerusalem at 4% interest, which I wish I could earn today, by the way, uh, but evidently when that article was written, 4%, which was the standard all the time I was growing up, that that would be worth $4.8 sextillion. Now, a sextillion is one with 21 zeros following it. Okay? We're talking about a huge number. It's not an important fact. It's just an interesting factoid, an aside, if you will. Because it's not about the money. It's not about the amount that the people were giving. It's about the fact that she gave everything. It's about, you remember in, uh, I didn't write it up, but do not lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's in the Sermon on the Mount. Looking for... My notes that I can't, I didn't find. Okay. I also want to bring up to you that Jesus told the the, uh, rich young ruler because he had kept all of the rules and all of the laws. Jesus told him what he still lacked was to sell everything he had and follow him. And the rich young ruler went, went away sadly. Because he had much. You see, Jesus wants us. He wants us committed to him. That's what the widow's might means. She, she didn't have a lot. She didn't have anything. But what she did have, she gave. You know... I'm 63, 65 years old now, today. When I was 43, I had a heart attack. Scared me. Scared Susan to death. I had to have open heart surgery, and they they told me at the time that I'd be lucky if my uh, bypasses lasted seven years. And that's if I was a good guy and quit smoking and quit doing all those things that I do, living, you know, basically if I went to eat and grass and alfalfa and all of that stuff because I'm diabetic. <clears throat> well, I didn't. I did exercise. I did lose some weight over time. At the time I had that heart attack, I was probably 240 pounds. 
And I had just been let off all of my meds because I had been going to the gym seven days a week and Susan was angry with me because I was going to the gym seven days a week and wasn't spending the time with her. You see, it matters where our commitments are. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like having a heart attack and realizing that you are in fact mortal. That you are in fact that close to not being here anymore. And that can focus your mind on what's important in life. And I decided that God was important to me. Susan and I have been, never been to the point where what we gave to the church was all we had. And today I have to tell you that I count myself with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because I have been richly blessed by God. And in fact, I do indeed give out of my excess when I give. But I want you to realize that it's not about what we give. There's also, you know, we have 24 hours a day. If we gave a tenth of that time, that's two hours and 24 minutes a day. If we gave 10% of our time, all of our time to God. I wonder how much time we really give to God. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak thus to the Levites and say to them, When you, tell, when you take from the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them as your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it to the Lord, a tenth of the tithe, and your heave offering shall be reckoned to you as though it were a grain of the threshing floor and as the fullness of the winepress. Thus you shall also offer... A heave offering to the Lord from all your tithes which you received from the children of Israel. And you shall give the Lord's heave offering from it to Aaron the priest. Of all your gifts you shall offer up every heave offering due to the Lord from all the best of them. The consecrated part of them. Therefore you shall say to them when you have lifted up the rest of it. Then the rest shall be accounted to the Levites as the produce of the threshing floor. And as the produce of the winepress. You may eat it in any place. You and your households, for it is your reward for your reward in the, your work in the tabernacle of meeting, and you shall bear no sin because of it when you have lifted up the best of it, but you shall not profane the holy gifts of the children of Israel lest you die. That's in Numbers. You remember, Yancey used this last week in his sermon. And the kingdom of Sodom went out to meet him at the, this is Abraham, at the valley of Sheba, that is the king's valley after his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer, and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the, he was a priest he was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, "Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into his hand, and he gave him a tithe of all." That is Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of all that he had. That's in Genesis, the 14th chapter. 
There's a picture of that. Sorry, it's a little grainy. It didn't stretch well. In Malachi, the third chapter, <clears throat> God's complaining to Malachi. He says, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer, the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the wine vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. I'm not saying this to espouse what we call where, where we give to God and God blesses us. That's not the point here. The point is that we don't want to cheat God. We don't want to not give to God what He expects us to give. What does He expect? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy might, with all of thy strength. Second unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He doesn't expect much, just everything. After all, he gave up everything for us. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants all to, at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd of the, or of the flock, or of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. And if he exchanges it all, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. And that's Leviticus 27. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Notice Jesus doesn't condemn them for tithing the mint and the anise and the cumin but because they didn't have justice, they didn't have mercy, and they didn't have faith. And those are subjects that we all need to add 
to our lives and share with one another. I just noticed he didn't include love there. And yet, love is one of the things that the entire being of God exists on. A little later on in that same scripture that we just read, he talks about whitened sepulchers, whitened graveyards. That's what these are. That's a picture of them. What they, what they look like recently. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whatever you approve by your letters, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. In the New Testament, there's no percentage. In the Old Testament, there was a 10% was required. In the New Testament, there's not. So here's some questions for you. And, and you have to ask these and decide for your own self how you feel about these answers. How much do you give? Do you give a percentage or you just pick whatever's left over at the end of the month and that's what you give or at the end of the week? Do we give everything we have? I'll tell you, I, I don't have enough faith to do that. I don't. Yancey tells a story of the guy in Nigeria who said, I have to decide every week whether I give everything I have or part of what I have and do I, or do I keep back enough so that I can feed my family and pay my bills. I thank God that I've never been in that situation. And I can't tell you what I would do if I was in that situation because i got to be honest, I don't know. We in America are blessed. We are so greatly blessed because we don't have to make that I don't think there's a single person here who has to make that decision, ever. Should we give a strict percentage? Should we give whatever we have left over, like I said, at the end of the week, end of the month? What about our time? Do we count the time that we have as 24 hours a day, or do we count the time... Subtract out the amount of time we're sleeping so we, we give 16 hours or maybe we're Yancey and we work 16 hours a day and we sleep four hours a night <laughs> and we try to figure out when we got time to do the rest of the things that we need to do like spending time with our family. Do we have to give every Sunday or just on the Sundays that we get paid? After we get paid. Or can we decide what we're going to give and just give once a year? Because there's people 
that have money in 401ks and they're retired and they have to take after age 70 and a half, they have to take that money out and they can take it out at a given point, but they have to take a certain amount every year. Did you know that? And I'm not sure what that percentage is because I haven't sat down and calculated that percentage, but that's the way it works. And so effectively, they get paid once a year if they don't have any other income coming in. Would it be okay for them just to give that check once a year? Those are all questions we have to individually ask ourselves. We need to individually ask ourselves are we giving of our time? Are we giving of our abilities? Are we sharing the gospel when we have an opportunity? Or are we being reticent about sharing the fact that we're a Christian at all? You see, that's what the widow's mite's all about, is being all in in our Christianity. And that's something that we each individually have to decide. And it's not just a decision that we have to make today. And that's the way we're going to live in the future. Because guess what? Tomorrow something's going to come up. And we're going to have to make that decision again. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. We can make a general decision that we're going to live for God, but I promise you that Satan is going to throw obstacles in our path and try and keep us from doing that. And are we looking to stay on that path for God? Because it matters whether we live for God or whether we choose to be selfish whether we choose to live for God and try and help those who are out there that we can help and look for ways to help others, or whether we be selfish and do for ourselves and for our families only. And that's a real decision that we have to make each and every day. And Satan's out there trying to put stumbling blocks in front of every one of us all the time. If you've not made the decision to live for God, if you've not been baptized, we can take care of that today. If you've been baptized, but you've kind of been being a bit on the selfish side, and you need to rededicate your life, you can do that where you sit. But if you need the prayers of the congregation, we're here, and we're ready to pray with you today as we stand and as we sing the invitation song.